Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of Goddess Talks with me, Elise 5K. And today, we're going to be discussing why letting go is the secret sauce. So, why is letting go the secret sauce? First of all, I grew up in church and we used to sing this song called I Surrender All. And, you know, I really like that song, I Surrender All. It always made me feel so much better. And also, I love the way our deacons at my church, um, I like the way they would go <laughs> when the, the women would be like, I surrender. Then they, they would be like, I surrender all. I surrender. I surrender all. I'm doing it wrong, but like, it's sort of like that. Okay. Anyway, I was watching also Super Soul Sunday with Oprah, and she said that was her favorite song, too. I surrender. Because, like, I used to just be like, what do you mean, surrender? Like, they're like, give it all to God, girl. Let go and let God, honey. Give it all away. So I used to just do that. Like, I was, it was so easy as a kid. Like, I just, I never worried. I'd just be like, okay. Everything, like, I just, I don't have to worry. no. They told me worrying is a sin, bro. You better give it to the Lord in prayer. But then on the flip side, Eckhart Tolle has this this idea about non-resistance, non-judgment, and non-attachment. He says those are the three aspects of true freedom and enlightened living. And I'll explain. So, but before I go there, Abraham Hicks created the scale called an emotional guidance scale. And it's a scale that kind of tracks your vibration. Like there's an upward spiral and a downward spiral. The downward spiral would be resistance, what we would consider in resistance. So we go from boredom to pessimism, frustration, overwhelmment, disappointment, doubt is just going down, 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 worry, blame, discouragement, anger, revenge, hatred, jealousy, insecurity, guilt, and unworthiness, fear, grief, depression, powerlessness, victim is the lowest vibration. That's rock bottom. So you've hit rock bottom, you know, when you're in a state of fear, grief, depression, powerlessness, and a victim mentality. So then when you go on the upward spiral, which is least resistance, which she calls the path of least resistance, that is in your thoughts and in your emotions, your feelings, it is um, contentment, right? Contentment, hopefulness, optimism, positive expectation, belief, enthusiasm, passion, and the highest vibration is joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation. Now also in the book, Letting Go, by Dr. David R. Hawkins, he has a consciousness chart similar to the emotional guidance scale. It's like it's a map of consciousness based on a logarithmic scale that spans from zero to 100. So the highest frequency he has on his scale is enlightenment, and that is 700 to 1,000 frequency. And the emotional state is ineffable, and it just is, right? So then we have peace that is 600 which is the emotion, the associated emotional state is bliss, which is perfect. It's a perfect view of life. Then you go down into joy, which is 540, and the associated emotional state is serenity. The view of life is complete. Love is 500, reverence, and the view of life is benign. And it goes down into reason, which is 400, and the associated emotional state is understanding. The view of life is meaningful. And it goes down, you know, all the way from acceptance to the lowest vibrations. There are middle vibrations. There's the 200 range, the 100 range, which is desire, fear, grief. But then we have the bottom um, vibrations, which are apathy, guilt, and shame. Those are the three lowest 
50, 30, and 20. Shame is 20. It's the lowest. Shame, the frequency is 20. And the associated emotional state is humiliation. Wow. And the view of life is miserable. Oh my God. So yeah, that's the lowest vibration. And in in the bottom half, your desires are not going to be manifesting here. It's going to be very hard to you know manifest. Everything's going to be difficult. The goal is to shift your consciousness into into the green. You want to at least go to the blue, which is courage, pride, anger, the 200s, 200, 175, and 50. You want to get at least there because from there you can get to the green, which is 350 to 250, acceptance, willingness, neutrality. And then from there, we can go up into these higher frequencies so that we can manifest effortlessly. And you all, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, like all the episodes, then you will know that staying away from toxic people is probably one of the best ways to stay out of these lower vibrations because narcissists and toxic people, they use guilt and shame to, uh, they're toxic. I mean, they want to destroy your vibration. It's very hard to manifest around these people. Um, you could have a full on mental breakdown. It's, it's very hard. At least for me, it is. And especially if you're a highly sensitive person, HSF, an empath, or definitely starseed, these people, you mean, because we care so much. We're like, oh my God, you know, like we care what they say. You know, I think that getting to a point where you're very secure with yourself, you understand that these people are toxic. Like once you realize that these people are actually satanic agents, they're being possessed by agents, okay? Here to torture you. Remember, we're star seeds. We came here to learn polarity. So the devil is a liar, right? But you got your family, your parents being negative about everything. It's very hard to, to, to shift your frequency. Now, if you have very high vibe family members, parents, friends, cool. They're going to be up in, in these enlightenment and peaceful states. But like that's and, and that's another thing, like how I realized that, you know, you know, you know, that religion had a long way to go, basically, because, you know, they do a lot of this praise and worship. Yay. OK, that's high vibe. Right. But then they come out of it in the same day and they, they're here and they're at the lowest realms, the lowest levels using guilt and shame to control your behavior. Um, grief. Fear, they, they use fear, you know, you're going to hell, you should be ashamed for all the sins, you're a sinner, like you, you, you go to, you go from praise and worship, thank you Jesus, thank you Lord for this and that, and gratitude, which is very high vibe, then in that same day, the same, about 30 minutes later, we, we feeling guilty, and we're feeling shame for being sinners we're filthy rags we have to say that we're filthy rags and not all you know churches preach this type of message um, I will say that but I just know for me growing up I knew that there was more to this thing you know I've had people be like I have the holy ghost you don't you're you're not gonna go to heaven because you don't have you don't speak in tongues I have the holy ghost that means God talks to me directly and I'm like but I the bible you know, talks about the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So that would be the Holy Spirit. And so you can say you have the Holy Spirit because you can talk in tongues. But if I don't see your vibration being high, if you're mean, belittling, cr overly critical, you know, if you're self-righteous, if you 
don't have empathy for the things that you say, the things that come out of your mouth towards others, that seems to me like you're in low vibe right now. So how is that the Holy Ghost? Because if, if we're talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, wouldn't that just be like a really high vibration, like energy? Well, for me anyway, I always thought, you know, they say, oh, it's Jesus. The Holy Ghost is Jesus. I thought Jesus was like the spirit of truth, you know, um, but this high vibe thing, I don't be seeing it consistently. Like you may be feeling good yourself at the church when you get your tongues and you may be high vibe there, but then you come home later and, you know, you're mean, you know, you're ma manipulative, belittling, overly critical, controlling, divisive, triangulation, using a lot of manipulative devices and ego defense mechanisms. But I digress because I, what I really want to talk about is letting go and surrender. I just did want to go over the levels of consciousness and the emotional guidance skill so that we can have a frame of reference for the levels of consciousness and what, you know, what would be considered high vibe and what would be considered low vibe because I want to talk about non-resistance, non-judgment, and non-attachment, which are all um, concepts of low resistance, which is surrender, okay? So if you want to know more about the consciousness scale, it is in the book Letting Go by David R. Hawkins, and he has a bunch of books. He even has a book called The Map of Consciousness Explained, where he talks about that. I have that book as well. And also, you can check out Abraham Hicks's Emotional Guidance Scale. Now, if you don't know who Abraham Hicks is, it's, it's um, a group of beings channeled by a lady named Esther Hicks. So they're here to help humanity, okay? It's a bunch of, like, entities named Abraham, okay? They're like non-physical entities, all right? And she's channeling them and they know a bunch of stuff that helps humans. That's all I know about it. And it's it's not bad, like, for real, for real. So, back to Eckhart Tolle, though. Eckhart Tolle, and if you don't know Eckhart Tolle, he has, like, this bestseller book right under the Bible. It's called The New Earth. It talks about the egos, mind-blowing information. I, I, I found him in 2007. I guess he was on Oprah. And ever since then, I was obsessed. I learned about the ego. I was like, oh, my God. That thing, when I learned about my ego... Like the way he explains it though, I mean, because there's been other books about the ego, but the way Eckhart is really like laying it out there, mind-blowing, groundbreaking. I mean, I'm still like, I probably should read the book again because going without ego, oh my God. I mean, it's very hard. I'm, I'm filled with ego, okay? Which it's actually how you become, well, that's how you suffer, Ego makes you suffer. Everything that is suffering in your life is because of your ego. So anyway, that's why you got to let it go. That's why I like, you know, that Keisha Cole song with Missy and Little Kim where she'd be like, you need to get if you ain't gonna. Or she'd be like, if he don't love you the way you should, let him go. That's surrender. You know what I'm saying? Let him go. My favorite part is Little Kim. She'd be like, uh-huh, here's a little lesson. Lil' Kim, don't stress him. Kick him all straight to the curb like Beckham. Broke up with my ex, he will her for now. But little do she know she just a rebound. Calling my phone, she's so out of pocket. I've been there before, old girl, you need to stop it. When he's with you, he's wishing it was me. You might be wherever he's at, but I'm wherever he want to be, baby, baby. Okay, let it go. You gotta let it go, baby doll. Let him go. Let him go. What's all this? What's this resistance? Let him go. Give him to the Lord. Okay. Give him to God. 
Shout it. But yo, that song is like the perfect example of letting it go. Surrender, you know, and that is the secret sauce to manifesting is when you let people go. Let that thing go. Let all your problems, just let it go. So here we are with Eckhart Tolle's idea about non-resistance, non-judgment, non-attachment. And they call this detachment, the art of detachment, which is in Deepak Chopra. He has a book called The Art of Detachment. Or it's a, it's in the Seven Laws of Spiritual Power or something. It's, uh, yeah, it's one of the chapters, okay? The Law of Detachment, which is the same thing as surrender. So Eckhart Tolle, you know, talks about non resistance, non-judgment, non-attachment, right? So when you judge people, situations or events as good or bad, which you shouldn't do that, uh, according to Bashar, that is assigning meaning and everything's neutral and you have to assign a positive meaning so that it will, you know, eventually turn out to be positive no matter, even if it's bad. You just, it's like, oh, okay, well that happened, but you know what? At least I ain't gotta do such and such. You know, whatever happens, it's gonna be good, you see? So by conditioning the mind not to judge or label, we perceive the totality of what is rather than the dwelling on the thought form. And that's what was like in the Eckhart Tolle's book, you know, the, the, you know, the ego is a thing that's judging everything and, you know, and they, he gives exercises. Oh, in the Course of Miracles. I did take the Course of Miracles. There's exercises in the Course of Miracles, which is a whole nother thing. Eckhart Tolle took the Course of Miracles. So apparently, okay, let me get it. Let me tell you what the Course of Miracles is. This lady named Helen, she was channeling Jesus, she said. And she wrote this whole book called The Course of Miracles. I went to a study class in Vegas because I just wanted to see what they was talking about. And there's there's exercises. So you learn how not to judge. They they break it down to like some kindergarten, some kindergarten shit. Like so you have to look in the room and they say, look around the room and don't judge anything. Like see notice the chair and don't say it's a chair, like <laughs> or something. So yeah, course in miracles. Maybe I'll talk about that later, but non-judgment okay so we receive the totality of what is rather than dwelling on the thought form any consideration of good or bad leads to either attachment which is that labeled as good or resistance towards what is labeled as bad so surrender is good anything labeled good is, is surrender or a high vibration and then anything labeled bad is resistance which is the low vibration, which we talked about in the consciousness map, which is like a low number versus a very high number, which is what you want. So in truth, reality is far too complex for us to know what is good or bad and external events are beyond our control anyway. And so in therapy, if you go to cognitive behavioral therapy, they talk about um, it's a cognitive distortion. It's called black or white thinking, right? And it's a distorted way to think and also labeling is one of is actually a cognitive distortion in which people reduce themselves or other people to a single usually negative characteristic or descriptor like drunk or failure then people label so when people label they define themselves and others based on a single event or behavior which is black and white thinking labeling can cause people to berate themselves slow vibration it can also cause the thinker to misunderstand or underestimate others so then you're labeling other people. You don't even know them. You just completely put a label on them based off of that one thing. You don't even know anything, which is it's fucked up. Okay. <laughs> That's the truth. So this misperception, this misperception could cause real problems between people. Nobody wants to be labeled and I do it. I'm toxic, y'all. I agree. I, I, I'm here with you. I, That's why I'm doing this podcast. I'm trying to, I'm trying to heal. You know what I'm saying? I label people because if somebody wrongs me, I just call them a narcissist. You're a narcissist. That's a label. 
You're being a narcissist right now. I think you're a narcissist. I do this. I'm working on myself, y'all. I'm a starseed. You're a narcissist. I'm chosen. <laughs> I'm the 144. I'm special. I'm here to learn polarity. That's why bad stuff happened to me because I'm here to learn polarity. <laughs> you're just a devil. You're you're an agent. You're a satanic agent. Oh, it's so bad. But on some real shit, calling somebody a sinner is a label. You're a sinner. The sinners go over there. Like, what? Why are you labeling me a sinner? I did, like, one bad thing. Like, my God. But anyway, you got to reframe. So back for cognitive behavioral therapy, they call it reframing, which Bashar calls it reframing. Um, all of this is psychiatry. It's psychology, basically. But... So when you're reframing, you look for shades of gray, alternative explanations, objective evidence, and positive interpretations to expand your thinking. So when something bad happens, don't assign a negative meaning. Assign a positive meaning. And I have, you know, the Lord is working on me because I do. I, I assign negative meanings to everything. Honestly, I'm just going to be real. I do. I'd be like... Oh my God, he didn't call me. He's with, a, he's with a bitch. That's what he's doing right now. He's with a bitch. He's cheating. He's having sex with a girl right now. I'm, I'm blocking him. I ain't going to never talk to him again, ever. I, I, I could do better by myself. I'm going to just focus on me. I'm going to just focus on me. And that is called an anxious, preoccupied attachment style. But I would have to get into the attachment styles later. They come from trauma. Everyone has a, a different attachment style. But a, a person with an anxious attachment style would have to get with a secure attachment style person in order to heal. But that's a whole nother thing. We're talking about surrender. And uh, I want to pull up the first exercise in the Course in Miracles workbook because I talked about it earlier, but I, I just pulled it up right now and I can actually read. Um, it's from the joywithin.org website. And this is the work, the, what, the exercise that I was talking about. So it's called nothing I see in this room means anything. <laughs> That's what it's called. So, so basically you just look around the room and then... Wherever you go, you just say, nothing I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place means anything. And this is supposed to help you reprogram your mind not to judge. And it's this whole thing, like if you do the Course of Miracles, this is supposed to totally transform who you are as a person. You're, you're going to have less resistance to get this money. Oprah did the Course of Miracles. You know, Oprah got that money. She's a billionaire. She got that money. Oprah been doing this. Oprah been on this since the 70s, y'all. That's what you fail to realize. Oprah been on this manifesting stuff. Y'all think this is a game? You think Oprah just woke up one day and they gave her a billion dollars no oprah did mental work she did the work she has a show called the super soul sunday literally where she talks about all the books she's read like she brings these people on her show these are books that she found that she reads that she's a fan of and she has a platform where she can talk to these people and share with the world this is what i'm doing with this podcast now am i perfect no i don't want because like People, oh, you you got a podcast now. You know they being negative towards me because I got this podcast. Oh, you're in a, you're you're still you know you're not like all that. Look, I've done a lot of work on myself. Whether I'm completely perfect or not, I'm still trapped in the third dimension. Like, what do you think this is? I'm working very hard not to be crazy in this third dimension with all these people who have personality disorders. Who you know, there's narcissism. There's BPD. 
There is histrionic personality disorder. There is bipolar. Uh, you know, everybody is going through something here and everybody is projecting. Everybody is projecting their shit onto other people. And then people be having anxiety. So anyway, the Course in Miracles <laughs> is supposed to totally transform your mind. Be ye renewed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And they start with the most basic situation like and then as you know as the exercises progress they get more advanced but for the first exercise nothing I see in this room on this street from this window in this place means anything so the first part of the course takes us through a process of undoing we're undoing we're we're uh lifting those old programs okay this is how you program your subconscious mind, right? You want to uh, get rid of the, you know, the, the Bible says be in the world, but not of the world, right? So don't take that literally. Like I know my, my grandma's religion is Pentecostal. She feels like if you wear pants, you're in the world. You're in the world. Like, no, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's mental. I think it's the way you think that makes you be in the world, not what you wear. So the first step is to recognize that everything is neutral. If you do not place judgment upon it, every thought, every situation, and every object in your life simply is. Isness, existence, presence is beautiful in every form. Our judgments cloud this beauty, though. Thus, the exercise here is to practice releasing judgment by seeing meaningless. So to piggyback off this, Bashar has a concept called neutral props. Each event you experience has no innate intrinsic built-in meaning. These events are blank, neutral, no innate significance. And from this blank state, we get to assign any significance or meaning we wish for each event we experience. So normally we assign and project, because this is 3D, so we all, all we can do is project our shit onto other people. So we assign and project a meaning onto a neutral situation very quickly and very automatically that we're not even aware that we're doing it. And so to what is actually a neutral event with no built-in inherent meaning becomes whatever we assign to it. We're usually totally oblivious of the fact that we are the ones that are assigning a very specific meaning to what is actually a neutral event with no built-in inherent meaning. And this is very hard for me to understand because I feel like as a, I feel like being logical, common sense, like, okay, your, your dude didn't call you. He's probably like, he's not at his phone. He's not texting back fast. What he doing? Who he with? You feel me? Like, why are you not texting back fast? But that nigga could be asleep. Like, legitimately, he could be asleep. For real, he fell asleep. Like, is he really, he has to police his phone now? Like, he has to, you're, you're, you're messing with his vibe now. He's scared to go to sleep because he's scared he gonna miss your, your text. It's, that's bad. Which I just labeled that as bad. Oh my God. I gotta, it's neutral. It's neutral. It ain't bad. It's neutral. We gotta reframe this. So beliefs equal perception, equal interpretation, equal emotional reaction, equal your thoughts, equal your action. So, so a positive interpretation equals a positive desirable experience. A negative interpretation equals a negative undesirable experience. Okay. Now I normally, as a kid, I was always here in the positive interpretation and I was always reframing and doing positive stuff. But now I will have to say that the adults were being low vibe. And they were abusing me emotionally and mentally and caused me to start thinking these types of ways towards myself. And that is why I had to go to therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. No one, you know, a lot of parents do this because they don't know any better, especially if they don't, especially if they think they know better, but they really don't. Um, 
But it's, it's quite common. I mean, you know, I mean, my grandparents, my grandma said her mom was a slave. She did. She said this. I don't think she, that she was a slave, but she was just like, my parents were slaves. And I'm like, your parents were slaves? What? So, I mean, I mean, slavery was like really like low vibe, right? Like all that, all that mind control and fear, guilt and shame and oh, so low vibe. But the point is, is that if you assign a positive meaning to an event, this will produce, attract a positive, desirable experience for you. And if you assign a negative meaning to an event, this will produce and attract a negative, undesirable experience for you. Why is this important? Because we're talking about surrendering. And this is kind of like surrendering. Because what do we say about the, the map of consciousness? We have to stay in the we have to go what Abraham Hicks calls it downstream, which is good. Upstream is bad. Right. So the, the, the down spiral is upstream. No, I get confused with the upstream downstream thing. But yeah. So Abraham Hicks says that everything you want is downstream. So downstream is the upward spiral and upstream is the depth. Why she had to switch it like that, though? That's my thing. Like, why can the downstream be the down spiral? in the upstream anyway the point is is that everything you want is downstream which is the upward spiral okay and in the law of attraction teachings it states that it only takes about 17 seconds to get a significant amount of momentum going in any direction of thought this means that if you focus on something negative for 17 seconds you start to find an array of similarly negative thoughts and feelings um clamoring for your attention which this is kind of like possession like now you're kind of like attracting dark entities to you. Like this is how they explain it. Like, you know, the whole demon thing, like, oh, you're possessed because yes, it does possess you. These thoughts become a, a thought form, um, which is exists in the astral, which is like the fourth dimension. You're actually creating a thought form that moves reality. It actually forces reality to bend to the, the things that you're saying. So Definitely, you focus on something negative for 17 seconds, you're going to start to find a, more and more thoughts that are negative, and then you're in a bad vibe. You're in a bad mood. Your whole day could be off. You could get in a car accident. You could trip and fall. Something, you know, just a chain of negative events could occur, or you could shift your vibration and change it around for the good, right? So, so as problem-solving beings, as I said before, I'm trying to be logical. I'd be wanting to... Uh, assign what I think it is you know like he ain't um text back he with a girl he cheating period when really he probably just um have his phone charged at the charger and he might be watching tv or he might be talking to his cousin I don't know you know what let's keep it real okay he's probably doing something I mean you have to gauge what time it is that he's not answering you have to gauge what day it is that he's not answering and you put two and two together i'm sorry but i don't never be wrong and i'm a star seed and i'm a high, i'm slightly psychic and i be knowing but i digress because i still have to resist you can't control nobody in what they do so that's still resistance but you are assigning meaning that you made up because of logic logically why you ain't at your phone logically most guys like for me logically you're a guy you're with a girl because guys are this way and they can't control themselves. So probably he's with a girl, blah, blah, blah. Negative. See how that that's a whole negative spiral. That took 17 seconds. <laughs> it's like more and more thoughts 
and you become crazy. <laughs> so as problem-solving beings, we become conditioned to live in a state of resistance. That, those set of thoughts, that is resistance, is the opposite of letting go. Because in, in reality, if you let that thing go, you don't care what he's doing. Like, oh, he probably cool. He probably sleep or, you know, whatever. I don't even care what he's doing. Like, I'm doing this. I'm focusing on what I'm doing. Like, I ain't even got time to be thinking about what he's doing. And that's what little Kim was saying. She ain't got time for that. In the little song, Let It Go. You know, here's a little lesson. Little Kim, don't stress it. Okay, she'll kick you to the curb like Beckham. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. I love, I love little Kim. Just side note. I love you, Kim. Kimberly Jones. So anyway, that's a state of resistance, those negative thoughts. And I mean, we use it to avoid danger. It's a control mechanism. We're trying to control everything. So for me, like to avoid getting played, I just assume I'm getting played so I can end it now. So it's, a, it's like fear. So it's an anxious, avoidant attachment style or anxious, preoccupied is the same thing, which is resistance. It's a state of resistance need cognitive behavioral therapy or you need to okay let's just be real you have to date someone that's not a cheater and doesn't have a sex problem where you'd be paranoid and worried about what they're doing you have to date someone with an, a secure attachment style that treats you good all the time so you don't feel like they could quite possibly be cheating you don't feel like they're not loyal that's the key to me but for the purpose of this conversation let's talk about the resistance not judge and this also affects the nervous system when the protective state is also, it's called fight or flight, right? And then cortisol is released, this whole body thing of hormones, and then you're messing up your hormones. I just feel like certain things are situational, and I think that we as starseeds should listen to our gut, right? But at the same time, for the purpose of releasing resistance, you may need to not be around these type of people that are toxic where you are worried that they could be cheating. Like if you're with a guy and you're worried you're that like up in arms and you're worried that he could be doing something, probably he's not for you, right? There should be no doubt. You should just, there has to be some balance to this because yes, I do agree with certain things. I don't want us to, to get so caught up in law of attraction and releasing resistance that we become dumb out here in these streets. Everything is neutral, but no, we have data. We can collect data. Now, certain things really are true. Like, okay, he didn't answer his phone. It's Friday. Um, it's certain time. And you know his patterns. You know his schedule. You know what that dude is doing. You know he ain't sleep. Come on. Like, you know already. So, are you, are you assigning meaning? I mean, so assigning meaning for me, I would just say, good. When someone shows you who you are, who they are, believe them the first time. To me, that's how you make that thing positive. And then you can block this person and you know, you already know what it is. Block them and get a new one. That's to me is how this, that's law of attraction right there. That's how, that is how you're supposed to think in this type of situation. Like, don't take it too far where you're just being stupid out here. Like, you have intuition for a reason, all right? But you're, we, we still want to assign, we want to have better thoughts, you know? So a good thought is, well, I ain't really messing with him like that anyway. I need to be focused on me anyway. He can do what he needs to do. I know, thank you for letting him show me who he is or whatever. We're not married, whatever. Like... 
you know, I'm I'm focused on me. Look how beautiful my painting is. I'm so dope. I'm going to go work on some music. That is bomb. I'm going to focus on, you know, because, hey, it only takes about 17 seconds to get to to get a significant amount of momentum going in any direction of thought. So Bashar says in reference to the situation that if an event occurs to you that you would normally automatically assign a negative meaning to it, like uh, he didn't answer his phone, he's with a, a chick, choose to assign a positive meaning to that event, even if it appears negative and you do not yet know what could be positive about this. Just by assigning a positive meaning to this event and choosing to believe there is something really good about this for you, like good, I can block him and focus on me, that's, you know, that to me, that's a good reframe. This will produce an experience that you will consider quite positive because, hey, you're stopped worried about him. You now fo- you blocked him and now you're focusing on yourself and now you can level up and get someone better than him anyway. Wow, that is so, I feel good about that. Like he's not even your like type, like he's not even for you. Like you need someone that's nicer, that's gonna answer their phone and send you flowers and order you like lots of items off Amazon. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just reframing. So, so yeah, you just reframe it. This is really positive. This is going to be great. You know, me hanging out with myself, blocking this person. I don't have this energy in my life. Now I can focus on me and blah, 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 blah. And this thing works. So you can also say, you can also say this. Okay. I know this looks just really terrible, but I don't care. I don't even care that he didn't answer the phone. I am going to decide that this is good. This is good. This is just great. Even though I can't, I low key can't imagine anything great about it. Low key. I'm not gonna hope it's great. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna pray that it's great. I'm gonna decide that him not answering his phone and me blocking him, well, that him not answering his phone is great. And I know sooner or later that I will discover what is so wonderful about it. So that's a way to look at it. But I already figured it out. Like if he don't answer his phone, you know, on a Friday during a time that he's supposed to, girl, let it go. You need to get it filled. Don't want to love you the right way. He ain't gonna. And now he's at his way. Where he want to be. Where he's at is where he want to be, baby. Man, listen, that song, Let Go, this is exactly what I want to talk about in this episode. Like, that is the ultimate reframe. Where he's at, hey, let it go, because where he's at is where he want to be. You know? That's good for you. Now you can find you somebody who want to be with you. Win-win. It's a win-win for everybody. So non-judgment, non-attachment, and non-resistance are the three aspects of true freedom and enlightened living and we refuse to become attached to that which is external and impermanent. We understand that love, lasting happiness, enjoyment, and liberation originate internally, okay? That guy can't make me happy, the guy who didn't answer the phone, right? Only I can make me happy. What did um, Will Smith told? He told everybody that he was like Jada. Oh, he told Jada. He was like, Jada, I can't make you happy. You have to do that. Like, that's not my job. Like, you have to do that. That's unfair to say that I, that to put that on me, like, and it's so crazy. My grandma, she, um, she was like, why don't you make me happy? Like, why can't you do things to make me happy? And I was like, well, what, what do you want? Like, she was like, you, I want you to dress like this. I want you to do your hair like this. I want you to go to church. And I want you like, that would make me happy. And I'm like, girl, why does my, ha- your happiness come from me becoming a, your puppet? Like, girl, 
I'm gonna need you to make yourself happy because I can't do all that. I don't, that's not my religion. I don't like my, like I have my own style. Like you can't have my soul. You can't have my life. Like you, you have your life and I have mine and I have to do what makes me happy because I'm the one living here inside this vessel. So anyway, non-attachment. It's just something we all have to work on. My grandma's attached to the idea of being able to control me like I'm a puppet but and that that she would get very upset like if you know if I didn't do or dress a certain way she would be very upset and, and they would say I'm disrespectful you're being disrespectful to grandma because you want to let her have your life <laughs> I had to teach them like it's called a boundary like yo this is my life though do you want to ha you want my life where what can I have one though do I get to have a life for me to live or you just want all the lives you can just you know control everybody and control the world and <laughs> make everyone do what you say anyway non-resistance we accept that whatever is happening in this moment is simply what is happening it cannot be argued with or avoided non-resistance recognizes that which is external to us as that which we cannot control nor would we want to everything happening in our life is part of life's perfect curriculum for us we don't know what's good or bad there are too many variables there's enormous wisdom and happiness found in the practice of simply accepting what is and doing our best without becoming attached to any particular result. And we'll continue tomorrow and each day after that. So if you can do this, let just fully let go. That's actually the secret sauce to a high vibration and then man, an instant manifestation of what it is that you want. That's the secret sauce, y'all. Let it go. <laughs> With that... I appreciate you guys for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, please do so so you can be updated when I post new episodes. And I got a lot of cool stuff coming. I'm super excited about it. I do want to talk about the anxious avoidant attachment style. Um, I want to get into some of the course, some of the reprogramming in the Course in Miracles. And also I'm going to leave my sources in the link below. You can click on that in the description. And so you guys, I love you so much. And as always, peace. And hair grease. I'm driving slow in the fast lane. Chop a spoon, pop a coating. I make them holler through little things.